Premier Constantino deadline talking begins right now. Hey, thanks for joining us. And for those of you watching us on YouTube and on Facebook, nice to have you with us today. The Philippine Justice Department's initial report on the deaths under the bloody war on drugs now in the hands of President Rodrigo Duterte. Justice Secretary Menardo Guevara said the report was completed last December 29th, but a copy of it has not been released to the public. The Commission on Human Rights welcomed the completion of the report, but called out government for its lack of transparency. CHR Commissioner Karen Gomez-Dumpit said the government had promised to cooperate with the CHR as an independent body in the drug war investigation. She now calls on the government to publicize its findings. The Okta Research Group calling on local governments to act quickly to stop what it calls a clear upward trend in COVID-19 cases. The group reports the reproduction number in the national capital region has increased to 1.17. The ideal number should be below one. For the World Health Organization's representative to the Philippines, this was expected. We've seen over the holiday season that uh, the, these physical distancing requirements have not been followed. There have been a lot of movement, a lot of get-together, and we've seen most recently on Saturday with the Translacion in Manila, a massive get-together of people violating the physical distancing. The question is, with the increased transmission that we are seeing, how fast can we bring that under control? Vaccinations against COVID-19 in the Philippines could begin as early as next month. That's according to the country's vaccine chief, Carlito Galvez. He says 50,000 doses of Sinovac vaccines from China are arriving early next month. The health department says Russia's Sputnik V could also arrive in February. The doses will be allotted to health workers and other frontliners in Metro Manila. Galvez also revealed Pfizer vaccines may arrive earlier if the World Health Organization's COVAX program approves Manila's application for an early rollout. Katotua po kami dahil kasi 20 million people will be benefited from these free vaccines from WHO, UNICEF, at saka yung tatawag dating Gabi facility. At ito yung tinatawag natin talaga na yun ang inanong WHO na makaroon ng tinatawag na equitable access sa mga poor countries. The Philippine government is training around 25,000 people to administer vaccine doses all over the country. It aims to vaccinate up to 200,000 people each day. Filipinos should be able to choose the vaccine brand they want to be inoculated with. That's according to Dr. Tony Liachon, a former advisor to the country's COVID-19 task force. His statement comes after presidential spokesperson Harry Roque said the public cannot afford to be picky with vaccine brands. Roque also said priority recipients who rejected the brand chosen for them will have to sign a document waiving his or her priority privilege so others can have it instead. Will this a very unfair uh, statement coming from the spokesperson? We deserve to be choosy because uh, we, we we need to find the right vaccines for us and based on efficacy and safety. Almost all the surveys are saying right now that there's vaccine hesitancy because of <clears throat> the safety concern 
when there's a safety concern, I think you need to heed the call of the customers as well as the people. His former Transport Secretary June Abaya and other officials are cleared of graft charges over the allegedly anomalous MRT-3 maintenance contract with the Filipino-Korean firm during the Aquino administration. Let's get more details on that from our correspondent Adrian Ayalin. Adrian, what else can you tell us? Yes, Fermina, the Office of the Ombudsman has dismissed the graft and plunder complaints against former Department of Transportation and Communications Secretary Joseph Emilio Abaya over the 4.2 billion MRT3 long-term maintenance contract of the government with Busan Joint Venture and Busan Universal Rail Incorporated or Buri. In a resolution dated January 31, 2019, the Ombudsman likewise cleared public and private respondents Edwin Lopez, René Rincaujo, Catherine Jennifer Francis Gonzalez, Roman Buenafe, Camille Alcaraz, Ofelia Astrera, Charissa Eloisa Julia Opulencia, Oscar Bongon, Jose Rodante Sabaile, Eldon Ferdinand Uy, Elizabeth Velasco, Belinda Ong Tan, Brian Velasco, Antonio Borromeo, Jun Ho Huang, and El Pibio Silvestre Uy. The resolution of the special panel headed by Deputy Special Prosecutor Omar Sagadal was approved by Ombudsman Samuel Marquez on November 9, 2020. The Ombudsman stressed in the resolution that the problems which hounded the MRT3 railway operations appeared to be in the implementation stage, which involved issues not present during the screening, negotiation, and bidding process. It was also noted that based on records, the Busan JB and the Buri um, corporations had already been penalized for the problems that cropped up in the implementation of the project through deductions in their payments and the subsequent pre-termination of the contract. The MRT3 maintenance contract entered into by the Aquino administration in 2016 was terminated by the Duterte government in 2017. The draft complaint against Abaya and other individuals was filed by Bagong Aliansang Makabayan, while the plunder complaint was filed by officials of the current Department of Transportation, both in 2017. In 2018, former Ombudsman Conchita Harpio Morales issued a resolution finding probable cause to file one count of graft against Abaya and the other respondents before the Sandigan Bayan. In the same resolution, Morales dismissed the charges against other Aquino officials and private respondents including Mar Rojas, Lorenzo Abad, Cesar Purisima. Motions for reconsideration were then filed by Abaya and the other respondents. Abaya said in his appeal that he had no supervision nor control over the bids and awards committee and there was no conspiracy to ensure the award of the contract to Busan JV. The DOTR also insisted on the presence of the elements of plunder, noting that Rojas and Abaya were identified as the main plunderers. In the resolution approved by Martires, the dismissal of the charges against Rojas and other respondents ordered by Morales was upheld. Bayan Secretary General Renato Reyes expressed disappointment in a Facebook post, noting the irony that Ombudsman Carpio Morales, an Aquino appointee, indicted Aquino's former DLTC officials and Ombudsman Martires, a Duterte appointee, dismissed the complaint. Back to you, Carmina. Thanks a lot. Our correspondent there, Adrian Ayalin. Back here in the newsroom, residents of San Nicolas in Batangas province commemorate the first year since the eruption of Taal Volcano. San Nicolas Mayor Lester Sagun, Batangas Vice Governor Mark Leviste, along with some of the survivors of the eruption, attended a Thanksgiving Mass this morning. The town, which lies near the volcano, was among the hardest hit by the eruption. Its effects can still be seen on the cracked roads, homes and buildings. 
Nonstop rains trigger flooding in parts of eastern Visayas, trapping some residents in their homes. For more details now, we have on the line our correspondent Sharon Avite. Sharon, go ahead. Yes, Carmina. Heavy rains continue to pose challenges in the different parts of eastern Visayas, brought about by the tail end of a cold front in southern Lite, some residents were trapped in floodwaters inside their homes, just like in Barangay Tapang in Silago Town. As the waters in the rivers continue to rise, Silago MDRRMO was prompted to rescue trapped residents, including animals. Some parts of Katubig Northern Samar also continues to be flooded. Residents needed to use small boats to go out of their homes for some errands. Some Barangay officials already sought the help of their local government units for a possible distribution of relief goods. In Tacloban City, the chapel of Holy Spirit Missionary Catholic Church on top of a hill in Barangay Abukai collapsed due to the incessant rains. Some residents of Regina Heights subdivision, which is just below the collapsed mountain, already evacuated for fear. In 2018, Mines and Geosciences Bureau advised that the area is no longer safe. But the Holy Spirit Missionary Catholic Church leaders refused them to leave the area. Some parts of Tacloban City and Palolite are also flooded. The mayors of both LGUs already issued executive orders declaring suspension of work in all government offices today. Back to you, Carmina. Thanks a lot, Sharon Evite. Overseas, Malaysia's king declares a national state of emergency to curb the spread of COVID-19. The state of emergency will last until August 1, but it can be lifted earlier if the coronavirus situation in the country eases. Earlier, Malaysia's Prime Minister requested the imposition of a nationwide travel ban and a 14-day lockdown in the capital and five states. He said the country's health system was already at a breaking point. The number of daily infections in the country breached the 3,000 mark for the first time last week. It is now over 138,000 cases with 555 deaths. Several gorillas at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park in California test positive for COVID-19. Two of the apes started coughing last week, prompting a COVID-19 test, which confirmed they were infected. Zoo officials suspect the gorillas got the virus from an asymptomatic team member despite safety precautions. They add this is the first known instance of a natural transmission of COVID-19 to apes, and it is unknown if they will have a serious reaction. The coronavirus has been found in other wild animal species in captivity, such as lions and tigers. U.S. President-elect Joe Biden receives his second and final dose of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Speaking to reporters, Biden says he is confident he can deliver on his promise of vaccinating 50 million Americans in his first 100 days in office. Biden was also asked if he has concerns about his inauguration following the attack at the Capitol by Trump loyalists. And here's what he had to say. I'm not afraid of taking the oath outside. And we've been getting briefed, but I am. Uh, I think it's critically important that there be a real serious focus on holding those folks who engage in sedition and threaten people's lives, deface public property, cause great damage, that they be held accountable. 
And uh, I think that's a view that is held by the vast majority of Democrats and Republicans in the Congress. U.S. President Donald Trump declares a state of emergency in Washington, D.C., ahead of President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration. The emergency declaration, which will last until January 24th, comes amid security threats to next week's event. The National Guard is sending up to 15,000 troops. House Democrats plan to impeach President Donald Trump on Wednesday unless he steps down or is removed from office before then. The lawmakers have introduced an article of impeachment against Trump accusing him of incitement to insurrection over last week's deadly siege of the U.S. Capitol. The U.S. make that the House will begin the debates on Wednesday unless Vice President Mike Pence invokes the U.S. Constitution's 25th Amendment to remove Trump from office. But House Republicans blocked a resolution urging Pence to start that process and allow the cabinet to oust a president who's deemed incapacitated. See, if the House votes to pass the article of impeachment, Trump would be the only president in U.S. history to be impeached twice. Last week's assault on the U.S. Capitol has prompted some of America's biggest businesses to pull out their support for Republican lawmakers. The corporate run for the exits began when Marriott International, the world's largest hotel company, said it would halt pol political donations to Republicans who opposed the Electoral College count to certify President-elect Joe Biden's win. Companies like Amazon, American Express, Airbnb, AT&T, Comcast, Goldman Sachs and a slew of other firms have followed suit. Greeting card giant Hallmark even singled out GOP Senators Josh Hawley and Roger Marshall to return the company's contributions to them. Few firms have gone as far as Dow Chemical, which said it would withhold donations for the Republican lawmakers' entire terms in office. And time for some sports action now. More NBA games shelved due to the spread of COVID-19 among its players. The league postponed the Dallas Mavericks-New Orleans Pelicans match, as well as the Boston Celtics-Chicago Bulls game. Four Mavericks have tested positive, leaving the team with less than the minimum eight players needed for a match to push through. On the other hand, the Bulls-Celtics game was called off due to contact tracing. So far, the NBA has postponed four games this season due to health protocols. The league is set to meet with team representatives on possibly tightening those protocols further to prevent more infections. One of the NBA games that did push through today was the battle between the Phoenix Suns and the Washington Wizards. That faceoff ended in an upset with the Wizards routing the Suns 128 to 107, snapping their three-game losing skid. The NBA's leading scorer, Bradley Beal, dropped 34 points on the Suns. He missed the Wizards game this past Saturday after he was put on the NBA's health and safety protocol. He was recently seen speaking to Boston All-Star Jason Tatum after a game. Tatum is among the NBA stars who recently tested positive for COVID-19. The Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, the world's biggest annual tech show, leaves its traditional venue of Las Vegas, Nevada, to go virtual. CES 2021 kicked off its online only event Monday with more than 1,800 companies participating to show off their latest products and technology to consumers. The event's organizer says it wanted to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 through its digital shift. The virus has helped transform 
us into this new digital transformation and shift us into digital quickly. And that's what CES has been so good at, is getting those different verticals together, getting the automobile industry and the broadcasters and the cable and the satellite and the content creators and the music and the video, all these different industries come together in one place and they do business together. And that's what we tried to preserve with CES 2021 to allow that to occur. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple podcast. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7. That's on Facebook. Keep safe, everyone. Keep it here on ANC.